New name, same game. This is Matthew Holly, host of the Home Turf Sports Podcast, and telling you there's a new name for our home base here at Anchor. We call it Spotify for Podcasters. Now you're wondering, know, want to know what is what's the what's with the name change? Well, the name name is the same. Well, the name is changed, but you'll still get the same treatment, such as creation tools that allow you to record and edit for your podcast right from your phone or computer. And with these intu- with the intu- intuitive ink episode builder, you can visualize, edit, and arrange your segments without an instruction manual. Of course, remote, of course, looking to distribute your podcasts, they could do that for you. It can be earned on most popular listening platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And it's still one hundred percent free, other than other than that contract Daniel Jones recently signed to signed up to. Gonna get a good deal. He's got it. Well, don't get me wrong. He's got a good deal. Check it out. Check it out for yourself. One hundred percent free. Go to podcasters.spotify.com or check it out. The or check out the brand new Spotify for Podcasters app to get started on your podcasting journey today. Google and then you get Google Podcast, Spotify, everywhere under the sun. They use Spotify for podcasts. Help you out. Well, well, first of all, no, no surprise there, doggy. You don't want anybody paid. We understand that about you. I mean, it has to be it has to be Vince Lombardi himself or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird. Outside of that, you don't want anybody paid. We understand. We get all of that. Uh, by the way, I wasn't sure that it was forty million guaranteed for Geno Smith. I knew it was three years, one hundred and five million dollars. I wasn't sure that that guaranteed number was at forty. So I'll give you that point because certainly I think he deserves more guaranteed dollars than Daniel Jones. Having said that, I'm going to roll with RC on this. I think RC makes valid points because, uh, valid points rather, because here's the deal. I'm not that high on Daniel Jones, but I am high on Brian Davis, coach of the year. I am high on the job that he's done. I'm high on his expertise. I'm high on the fact that his first year as the court, as the head coach for the Giants, Daniel Jones threw for more yards and he threw the least amount of interceptions in this four-year career, okay? And I'm paying attention to that. I remember Brian Dable holding him accountable the first game of the season. He jumped all in his face on the sidelines when he threw an interception, okay? And he's held the kid accountable, and he's nurtured him and watched him grow. And so I don't think this is about Daniel Jones as much as it is a belief in Brian Dable's decision-making. Then you got to take into account what quarterbacks were out there. Okay, you had Derek Carr. You could have went and got him. It was going to cost you considerably more than the $82 million. And I would challenge you on this, doggy. Colin Murray is at $189.5 guaranteed. Russell Wilson is at $165 million guaranteed. You're trying to tell me that Daniel Jones isn't worth $100 million less in guaranteed dollars than a guy like Colin Murray? I'm saying that when you look at it from that perspective, I think you got to look at the market that we're talking about. Yeah, and that's saying a lot. From the Long Island Top Studios, right here in the heart of Long Island, this is the Home Turf Sports Podcast on the Home Turf Radio Network. I'm Matthew Holly, I'm your host. Welcome to March 9th, 2023. Glad to be back after uh, uh, some time off. Needed needed to recharge my batteries or something like that. And of course, which you heard on heard on from me on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith talking about Daniel Jones' new contract, which he dotted his eyes. Get it? So get the check check the for check the for fraud. There was none, and now he's the happiest man. On that team right now, man, and the and he's and he's getting he made out like a bandit. And look at the numbers like that, man. And of course, you still have you hear the negotiations, his agents are asking for forty five million. Giants were not gonna. He's not worth that. They hunkered it down a little bit because. You need to keep, make you need that money 
to pay like guys like Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence who are on, on free agents. And and they and they do deserve some big boy contracts too. And of course that's asking a lot. The Giants.com reports that before the first high stakes contract negotiations of his career, Daniel Jones sought counsel from the person who could best comprehend his position. Eli Manning, his predecessor as the Giants starting quarterback and someone familiar with navigating complex deals. Yeah, and of course, I guess he knew, and I guess that's saying a lot. He's room. He said, I see, he said, I spoke to Eli before the process and started, started and a little bit during. He said on a Zoom news conference early yesterday, and he gave me some good advice. I think his message was just that things they'll work out how, uh, how they're supposed to. One day you're going to feel good about it, one day not as good. But just to keep working, we had the goal the whole time to get it worked out. And they did. Just before yesterday's 4 p.m. deadline, uh, Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline, the Giants and Jones agreed on a four-year deal. Not the money, not the money he wanted, but hey, it's a team-friendly deal. He's going to be back on the back with a team he's come to know throughout his entire career. And said Joe, general manager Joe Schoen said, "You're not going to get everything you want in a negotiation. It rarely is that ever going to happen. I think that goes for both sides. There was give and take." People were standing firm on what was important for each side. At the end of the day, each side had to give a little bit. That's why it went down to the wire. We're happy we were able to get it done. Yeah. Kudos to Joey Show and for sticking to his guts. I'm starting to see some Brandon Bean in him. That's who he was working with. Working with. Or worked on and worked. Or should I say worked under. When he was in Buffalo. Danny Boy said, I think it was always my goal to be back here and to be here long term. I I've really enjoyed being here. I think it's a special place. It's a special organization to be a part of. So it was always my goal and my hope that we'd find, we'd find a way to work it out and that they bring me back. I'm excited about that. I think you go through times where you're more confident Times where you're less confident, but it was always my goal and hope to be back. Some don't, some 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 do, some don't. I'm pretty much saying, you know what? If he's if he takes less than forty five million, I'm happy to have him back. If he's like asking for more, bye. We we there there are probably better quarterbacks on the market, or we can go, or we could trade up in the draft. Of course, had the two sides failed to reach an accord, the Giants would have placed the franchise tag on Jones. Had that happened, Jones would have occupied substantially more than the Giants' 2023 salary cap than he will under the longer contract. Man, and that and that wouldn't help the team at all. He said, I think it's better for the team. It gives us a little more flexibility and that an important component to it. That's what Danny said. Danny said in it. I wanted to be here. I wanted to find a way to work it out so that it was good for both sides, and it worked. It allowed us to have an opportunity to do what's best for us going forward. So I think that was a key component to it. I think we did that. Well, I guess that really helps long term. It's got that four-year deal. If he does, if he pans out. All right, well, we'll see how that happens. If it doesn't, who knows? With the, with the quarterback secure, the Giants placed the franchise tag on quarterback Saquon Barkley. The moves ensure the Giants will have their two most important offensive players for the 2023 season. The Giants were linked because they were scheduled to become free agents next week. They are indispensable members of the team, and the negotiations moved along parallel paths. I guess it does really make up, add up to that. And Saquon, I've said it, he means a ton to me as a teammate, as a friend, and he means a ton to us as a player. That's what Danny said. And of course, 
uh, sticking with his guns, showing, said, I'm going to talk to Saquon today. I talked to him yesterday before we put the franchise tag on him. Again, we had deals out. Whether it's the bye week or recently, we're going to continue to negotiate. We love Saquon. He's a good teammate. He's a captain. He's an hell of a player. So right now, he's under the franchise tag. And as we build the team and continue with our off-season plan, we'll do what's best for the team. We're still mapping that out. We'll see what happens with Saquon. The franchise number is just over $10 million. If you extend them, there's a signing bonus involved. You can free up more cap space. Okay, so that's a good thing for Joe Schoen. Like I said, showing signs of Brandon Bean. Of course, the 2022 season when Jones is best since the Giants selected him six overall in, 2019, in the 2019 NFL Draft. I remember that. I went full Danny Aiello on that one. Man, it was hilarious. Of course, Jones led the Giants to nine regular season victories. Their first postseason berth since 2016, and their first playoff win in 11 years, and NFC wildcard triumph against in Minnesota. Well, Jones is aware that greater expectations comes with a big contract, but he insists not more pressure. He said, I've always felt that responsibility. And playing this position, especially for the team like the New York Giants in this city, you have that responsibility. And I take that very seriously. It doesn't change. I certainly do feel that. It's my goal to earn that every day in the offseason and while we're preparing for the season and when we get to the season. I'm doing my best in preparing this team to win games and me to put us in a position to do that. Yeah, I take that responsibility very seriously. And yeah... Totally agree. He'll be going to be turning 26 in May. I'm older than this kid. I'll be 36 in April. Of course, well, the shot signing Jones to a long and lucrative contract to the Giants believe they can win a Super Bowl with him. Won't well, say much about me, but Joe, th- Joe sticking sticking with his guns, showing said thinks so. That's the goal. He said everybody's goal is to win a Super Bowl. I think Daniel, he played well his rookie year. He played well for us this past year. I think the coaching staff has confidence in him. As an organization, we we're go, uh, we, uh, we have confidence in him. We're going to continue to build the team around him. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, of course, Sean said in his joint postseason news conference with Coach Brian Dable that he wanted Jones to return. But the vote to agreement was not without bumps and detours. Boy, and there were plenty. There were plenty. Believe me when I tell you. Of course, Joe said it. Sean said, It started roughly, I think it was three weeks ago today, when athletes first, their group flew out here. We had a dinner initially. They were, at, they were actually in a building Thursday, Friday for a couple of days. We started our initial conversations then. And then we kind of went remote after that up until the combine. So we were in constant communication with them. I use that it's going to get worse before it gets better. We started off, we fell far apart. Then just over the days, weeks, hours, we eventually got closer. <laughs> okay, so much like that. It was pretty, he said, and he said, it continues. It pretty much came all the way down to the finish line. I think literally it was like 3.54 when we got the deal done. And there was a lot of moving parts to it. But, but without getting into the details of the sticking points and whatnot, I thought, for the most part, at the end of the day, we get a deal done. I said it all along that franchising him wasn't, wasn't best for the franchise and wasn't best for Daniel. So at the end of the day, I was pleased to get it done. It definitely went up to the wire. I think it, and it, and it really did. Gotta give him credit. Of course... In keeping with his reserved personality, Jones did not celebrate his new glitches by throwing a loud party that ran into the morning hours. I pretty much, I pretty much think he did, and didn't want to go extravagant. He said, "I had dinner last night with some friends of my agents. It's just grateful to have the opportunity to be, to be back. I think it's similar to being drafted. It's an opportunity to play, but also an opportunity to go earn it and prove it." And continue to improve as a player and win a lot of football games. 
That's my goal, and I'm tremendously excited about the opportunity. But there's certainly a lot of work to go, do going forward, and I'm excited for that part of it, too. In case you're wondering, yeah, I picked up the tab. He said, a big contract won't change him. Yeah, a lot of money. You'll get a lot of money for that. And, of course, Danny, got, Danny Boy's got a brand new contract. And that tells you right then and there, hey. Well, Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants gave his take on it on Twitter. Take a listen to this. I come away from that press conference, Justin. Daniel Jones is 100% back. One, he slipped up and saying, like, we're glad that he's going to be here. Do you take any stock in that Shane slip-up? I kind of do. The last quarter of the season is when I felt that this team was at its best, and that's when Daniel Jones was throwing on early downs, being efficient. Not earlier in the season when we were just running, running, running the ball. Uh, I would be shocked at this point if Daniel Jones is not the quarterback in 2023. Totally agree with that sentiment. Of course, of course, he's got Brian Murphy, Andrew Kessler, Cameron Hodge of Athletes First. Dude, he made a lot of money. He's gonna make. They're making helping him make a lot of money. He's got that. They make okay, so that was a lot of money. So that was a lot of money. So we got that forty year, forty million a year deal. So they decided to go on, go out there and make money and say, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy to be a giant. They can say what they want about me. I'm ha I'm the happiest person, and I'm the happiest person in the room right now. And oh, by the way, Giants Giants resigned Gerard Davis for for another year for for a new deal. I mean, after all, he made a misstep in the in the divisional game, but but a good death piece, regardless. Can't wait to see, it. but but. When it comes to linebacker, we need a new. We probably need some good linebacker, a good linebacker core for Wink Martindale right now. Good, de good defense, good defensive death piece. So right now, I'm not mad, not upset. That's a lot. That's so. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Joe Schoen, but do knows what he's doing. But at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just about it's about business. Joe Showen is still working on good guy on his own, getting signing some good death pieces, some new faces to help build to get this team back on track. But hey, we need wide and we need wide receivers. We need play, offensive playmakers right now. And right now, show show has got eleven draft picks, thanks to the compensatory pick, compensatory picks, and a whole lot of money. He's gonna be the man to go with it. He's gonna build a giant, start building it, and start building it now. More when we come back. I know. Your shirts are bland. Your hats are bland. Your businesses are bland, bland. So why not give it a facelift with L.I. Tops? L.I. Tops is the is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom hats, and of course putting up putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Tots is home to some of the with some of the best guys in the business to work to get this get to make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance to out. Li Chops, if it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L I T O P E Ops. Big news coming out of the out of Washington, and 
it seems like Patrick Ewing, Knicks legend, former Georgetown Oya, will no longer become, no longer be the men's basketball coach at Georgetown University. And now they got to have to find a new coach that try to bring this back to relevance. And of course, Jeff Borzello of ESPN writes, Patrick Ewing will not return as men's basketball coach of the Georgetown Oyas next season, the school announced on Thursday evening. Ewing, one of the greatest college basketball players of all time at Georgetown, had been a head coach of his alma mater for six years and finishes with a 75-109 record. Simply put, it was mediocre. I mean, really, really, really mediocre. In a statement, Pat Ewing said, I'm very proud to be a graduate of Georgetown University, and I'm grateful, and I'm very grateful to President John J. DiGio for giving me the opportunity to achieve my ambition to be a head basketball coach. It is particularly meaningful for me to be in charge of the basketball program at my alma mater. I wish the program nothing but success. I will always be a Oya. Of course, Ewing had been a head coach, had never been a head coach at any level prior to succeeding John Thompson III at Georgetown. Man, that, that tells you right then and there. And of course, the Hoyas said they have already started a national search for new leadership. You went coach the Hoyas to the NCAA tournament in 2021 after they won a Big East tournament title, but they struggled mightily since. Georgetown went winless in conference play last season, finishing 6-25 overall. This season, the Oyas went 7-25 overall and 2-8 and in Big East play. Of course, the Hoyas lost the Big East record 29 consecutive conference games that began during the 2021 regular season and ended in January. Man, Talk about mediocrity. Georgetown's season ended Wednesday in a, with an 80-48 to 48 loss to Villanova in the first round of the Big East tournament. <laughs> wow. It was sure, he sure needed, and he sure needed, he sure needed, uh, sure needed a beer after that. DGO has said in his statement, Patrick Ewing is the art of Georgetown basketball. I am Deeply grateful to Coach Ewing for his vision, his determination, and for all that he enabled Georgetown to achieve. Over these past six years, he was tireless in his dedication to his team, and the young man he coached him will forever be grateful to Patrick for his courage and his leadership in our Georgetown community. Simply but they decided to go in a different direction. Of course... Of course, under the tutelage of head coach John Thompson, Ewing helped make Georgetown one of college basketball's powerhouses in the 1980s. He was a three-time All-American during his time with the Oyas, earning National Player of the Year honors in 85 and winning a national title in 1984. Ewing was the number one overall pick in the 1985 draft by the New York Knicks, spending 15 seasons of his all fame career with that team. It sucks when they trade sucks when they traded him traded him. I fully blame Scott Layden for like pulling the trigger on a trade and not letting him finish his career as a Nick. I curse that Nick I curse Scott Layden to the day I curse Scott Layden's name to the day I probably died. Of course, he was inducted to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2008 and the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2012. Of course, prior to joining Georgetown as a head coach in 2017, Ewing spent 14 seasons as an assistant coach in the NBA with the Charlotte Bobcats, the formerly known Charlotte Bobcats, now known as the Charlotte Hornets, Orlando Magic, Houston Rockets, and the Washington Wizards. That tell man that tells you there. But for me, I will be blunt. Also, in a statement, Lee Reed, director of, director for intercollegiate 
Athletics of Georgetown said, It was has been a privilege to work with Patrick over these past years, and I deeply appreciate all of his hard work and efforts to support our student-athletes in the men's basketball program. We are grateful to all those who have supported this program through this time. We will immediately launch a national search for our next coach and look forward to a bright future for Oya basketball. Man, that's a lot. Of course, they decided to, yeah. They got something got fired. Something got fired. It's just, I uh, say, you know. Maybe he decided to, well, let him go, not renew his deed, not renew him. Probably look for, probably look for a new job. Now, the question is, who's, who's, who's going to replace him? I mean, it's gonna be take a long time to get that re, get a rebuild in there, but man, sure, whatever happens, if they get, I mean, if it's, if they pick Rick Pitino, I'm like, nah, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to see Rick Pitino, I don't want to see Rick Pitino. Anywhere near our Big East program anymore. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want that guy. Anywhere near near that school. John Ziegler went on went on Twitter and said, "You know what." What a sad end for Patrick Ewing and my alma mater. This does prove one of my pet theories. Whenever you get extreme luck, you eventually pay dearly for it. Georgetown got insanely lucky with John Thompson and Ewing, and now the program was finally worsened when that era began. Well, for me, well, for me, as a kid growing up, I don't know if it's karma or what have you, but if they get, if they bring him, if they bring in, then he's like Rick Pitino. I don't even want him near a, I don't want him near a Big E school. Now, CBS Sports, well, Matt Norlander. As a few names in mind, such as Rick Pitino, like I mentioned, keep him away from Big East basketball, please. Former Northern coach Mike Gray and Providence's Ed Cooley are pretty much names to be looked out for, but I'd rather have someone who have Georgetown's eyes than a Rick Pitino. Well, that's saying a lot. Well, let's according to that with Ewing out. There's a new era for Georgetown basketball, and not be, just because there was will be a new coach. For the first time since 1972, the Oyas will would appear to be set to hire someone with no connections to the late John Thompson Jr., who built the Georgetown 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 into a national brand in the 1980s and ranks among the most important and widely known coaches in college basketball history. Thompson retired in 1999 and was succeeded by his assistant, Craig Ersherek, which succeeded in 2005 by Thompson's son, John Thompson III. The record he ended Thompson's run, the third run in 2017, opened a pathway for Ewing to take his coaching dream, coaching dream job. But it certainly didn't fan out. Georgetown finished eighth or worse in the Big East in five of Ewing's six seasons on on the Ildot. Man, what? I mean, that is what I mean. I how in the world is Georgetown gonna 
make gonna you know try to sign someone get that no, no ties to that for, to that school. If you're you got if you're if you're hiring somebody, you gotta make it a home on iron. You can't just botch it. Just just botch it. And expect it to say like duct tape and super glue, man. Well, that's saying a lot. Well, that's saying a lot. I'm just gonna just I'm, I'm gonna be a blunt man. <laughs> if he returns to the NBA, it's probably gonna be an assistant coach. But man, it's hoping to work out a lot better than this. Wow. <laughs> maybe they well maybe they can point out a former sexer to do the oh get this back on track but I doubt it I want man that's saying that's saying a lot man I I felt bad I mean couldn't win a conference game didn't pan out things uh, things didn't work out but you know what Great, great player, but unfortunately, gonna transition that into coaching. I mean, yeah. There's always, there's always a, there's always you can always learn somewhere down the line, man. Patrick Ewing is out of a job. Patrick Ewing is out of a job. Can't celebrate that. Can't really celebrate that, can you? It's like it'll be like heart it'll be like heartless there. Man, that's the, and I won't and I won't say and I won't say much. This is why I can't I can't say it as much as the next guy, but hey. Best of luck, Pat. It didn't pan it didn't work out for you in uh, it didn't work out for you. In, in Georgetown, and I'm just hoping for the best somewhere down the line. I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, but you know, that's really. But if we bring in Patino. Man, it was gonna cut. It was gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be somewhere down the line. But man, if Patino takes that job, I mean, I don't want. I know. I said like, no, in no mind, no way. Where I want him back. Want him. Want him near a biggie school. But. I do wish, I do wish, Pat, nothing but the best. I mean, I won't say, I won't say it. Don't sell, don't celebrate of a man getting a job, getting us fired. Just say, you know what? There's always something. I won't say that's all. That's all that needs to be said. I'm not gonna go any further on college basketball, but at the end of the day, that's saying a lot. We got more coming up. You're listening to the Home Turf Sports Podcast right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. Check us out on Google Podcasts and Spotify. We'll also produce our shows on Spotify for Podcasters. That's now the name, new name for Anchor. And we continue to do and we're going to continue that for many years to come. And we'll be back right after this with another segment, so don't go away.
I know, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that. Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check it out down on down on Route 110 and 10 at the, next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but Long, but Long Island has the Mac. Speaking of college basketball, one thing that really, really um, got my attention is that, yeah, looks like somebody's not coming back next season either. And that happens to be um, Syracuse head coach Jim Boheim. Hey, Jim Boheim, he's out after 47 years of service. Man, that's a long time. Of course, ESPN reports. After 47 seasons, Hall of Famer Jim Boheim will not be returning as the men's basketball coach at Syracuse. It was announced on Wednesday. Of course, it was just hours after the Orange lost in a close one. 77 to 74. Ouch. And let me be blunt. It's just, close. It's just as close than most people... Than ever expected, I will be. I'll say. I'll say. I'll say. I'll say that because it because it was like a three point game, and it was cl- close. Syracuse announced that associate head coach Adrian Autry, who had been on the staff since 2011, would be promoted to replace the 78 year old boy. Chancellor Kent Servert. Cyberroot said in a statement regarding Boheim's retirement, There is no doubt in my mind that without Jim Boheim, Syracuse basketball would not be the powerhouse program it is today. Jim has invested and dedicated the majority of his life to building this program, cultivating generations of student athletes, and representing his alma mater with pride and distinction. I extend my deep appreciation and gratitude to an alumnus who epitomizes, who epitomizes what it means to be forever orange. Man, I will say that right there. It's a, I will go. I'll continue, I will agree with that. After Wednesday's loss, Wilhelm hinted that he would be retiring, but he said it was up to the university to decide his future. He said. As I've said from day one when I started working here, the university hired me, and it's their choice what they want to do. Is that I have always had the choice of retirement, but it's their decision as to whether I coach or not. It has always been. It's always has been. I've been. I've just been lucky to be able to coach this long. And yeah, they also added, I gave my retirement speech last week, and nobody picked up on it. Of course. The timing of Syracuse announcing that Autry, a former player under Boheim, would be taking over the program, wasn't set until Wednesday, sources told ESPN's Pete Thamel. Of course, Boheim, Boheim has an official coaching record of 1,015 and 41 over his career, with a lot with 101 wins being having been vacated because of NCAA rules violations between 2004. To 2007 and 2010 to 2012, that resulted in sanctions. Of course, retired Duke coach, retired Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski holds a Division One career record with 100 with 1,202 victories, with Boheim ranking second with either total. Of course, he took Syracuse to the national NCAA tournament on 35 occasions and advanced to the Final Four on five of those trips, winning the national title in 
2003, he has 58 official NCAA tournament wins, which ranks fourth all time. He said, I've been very lucky to be able to coach my college team, to play, and then to be, and then be an assistant coach, and then a head coach, never having to leave Syracuse. He said, it's a great university. The city has embraced our team. I'm amazed that we've been able to draw the fans that we have been able to draw over the years. And I and I and I, I've been just unbelievably fortunate to keep this job. Mike Bray is thrilled that he was a coach at Notre Dame twenty three years. He's a puppy. I've had forty seven years. I got to coach my sons. Two years ago we were in a six sweet sixteen. The last year I got to coach my sons. I wanted to come back and coach these guys, and that's what I was able to do. The university hasn't offered me anything, whether to work or do anything at the university. That's their choice. Well, his 47 seasons at Syracuse trailed only Jim Phelan, who coached Mount St. Mary's for 49 seasons between 1955 and 2008 in terms of longevity at a single school. Man, that is a great... That is a great honor for him. And of course, he's of course a runner-up to a longest-running coach in school. AC, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said in a statement, saying there is no person more synonymous with Syracuse men's basketball than legendary head coach Jim Boheim, adding that he thanks Jim for all he has done for the, for the ACC and college basketball, and he wished him, Julie, and their entire family all the best as he enters his next chapter. Worse, West Virginia coach Bob Huggins, now the winningest active Division I coach, also expressed his admiration for Boham on Wednesday. Uh, he said, He's had an absolutely incredible career from a player of Syracuse to what he's done and what he's won. That's hard to do. It's hard to stay, on t st stay at the top like he has. Of course, Boham, who, who has had 23 players, Selected in the first round of the NBA draft, was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Hall Basketball Hall of Fame in 2005. He was also an assistant coach for three U.S. basketball teams that won gold, Olympic gold medals. Syracuse awaits any possible postseason bids with a 17-15 record, excluding the seasons that had wins vacated by sanctions. It was the second worst winning percentage for a season in his for a season in his coaching career, ahead of only the 2021-22 team, which went 16 and 7. Audrey has long been the administrative choice to be Boheim's successor, sources said, but the timing was not finalized until after Syracuse's loss to Wake Forest. Audrey, a 1994 grad, have been Syracuse top recruiter and staff member since returning to his alma mater in 2011. He brings strong ties in New York City and the Washington, D.C. areas, and also has a connection to the program's story past. He has played in 121 games in his four seasons for Boheim, then spent more than a decade on a bench with his former coach. He said in a sense that there have been very few stronger influential forces in my life than Syracuse University and Jim Boheim. They have both played such important roles, and without either of them, I certainly would not have this incredible opportunity before me. I've spent so much of my time in the game of basketball learning from Jim, and I'm so grateful to him for preparing me to carry on the winning tradition that is orange basketball. It's hard to imagine a world without him on the bench, but together with our coaches, student athletes, and fans, we will build on decades of success as a winning program. Of course, Boheim has been an extra, an extra, inextricably linked to Syracuse for more than six decades. He was born in the central New York town of Lyons, not far, not far from Syracuse. He enrolled at the school in 1962 as a walk-on, eventually becoming a captain of the then Orangemen along with Dave Bing. In 1969, Boheim was hired at Syracuse as his graduate assistant. And in 1976, he took over as head coach of the program. He has, to, he has been the face of it since.
Man, talk about the great moments. And so there are a lot of great now. There's a lot of. I know that Georgetown. I know Georgetown. We'll be looking at. We'll be looking at it. Starting with the coaching carousel, um, with Ewing, with Ewing, go, Patrick Ewing gone, they're probably gonna make a run for Ed Cooley from Providence. And you have developed the, and of course, that's saying a lot. The wild card is Rick Matino. He'd probably be a top target for St. John's if this team throws out Mike Anderson. My name's like Penn State's Michael Shrewsbury, North Carolina State's Kevin Keats, Pitt's Jeff Capel, Yale's James Jones, and the outgoing Notre Dame coach Mike Bray. So that really, Mark Fox is gone as out of there, out of there from Cal, and now names like John Pasternak is going to probably the name there, Tim Miles from San Jose State. St. Mary's boss Randy Bennett or Leon Weiss are pretty much the, are pretty much names to look out for. Pasenak and Miles are there. And tech, Mike Bray. And if there is a good the race really linked to that. I know that I know that Syracuse I know Syracuse really, really went up there. But now with that swift that going on Syracuse is starting to start over for the first time since 1976 with a new coach with a new and probably much success For the first time, for the, and of course, I know this for a fact, Autry has become the first black head coach in Syracuse men's basketball history. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. He was a key piece to the to Syracuse for years under um, Jim Boheim, and now he's gonna be. He's gonna be. I won't say much, but he's gonna be. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great position, great spot for him, a great opportunity. He's he, now the official statement. He's their new. He's their new guy. Next chapter. The next chapter of Q's basketball starts now. Just but now I'm looking forward to at I'm looking forward to how the um, of course I know that no matter what if Boheim if Boheim is now retired they decided to go in that go towards in house go in house. And I think it's gonna. And I think it's gonna be okay going forward. I think it's gonna be there. Probably some, probably some man, probably go man to man or something like that. But he's got, but he's, but Autry's got young guys on that team. They have one commit for 2024 and one from the 2024 class. So. You'll get good. They'll get better as the as the months progress, and now we'll see how that play, plays out. And with March Madness coming up in a matter of weeks, Selection Sunday is not that far off. I'm gonna say up front that this could be an incredible, an incredible, incredible year. For college basketball, and now 
anything can anything can anything can happen between now and this year and this year. It's only now and this now and and within the weeks ahead. I won't say how much. I won't say much, but that's saying that will say that's saying a lot. Man, congrats on but for the meantime and meanwhile, congrats on your retirement, Coach Boham. I'm. This is coming from a kid who rooted for Astra, and a kid who rooted for St. John's. Wish you the best of your luck in your retirement. Let's wrap. We're gonna wrap this up right after this. Now you can listen to Home Turn Sports on your on Google Podcast. Check us out every weekday on our. Check out the link in our description to check out our new home for home. Just in case you don't even have Spotify nor Anchor. The Home Turn Sports Podcast every day on Anchor, Spotify, and now Google Podcast. Don't forget to check us out today. As times have changed, so have so has everything under the world of sport. And now this is pretty much an end of the this is pretty much the Beginning of the beginning there for me as a I can't wait and I and now for me I can't wait for March Madness to come around and of course there's still and there's still college basketball and there's still basketball still up for professional basketball still to be played but we're still gonna be and I'll yeah I'll still be roasting roasting these. These reactionary assholes every now and then. So right now, I can't. Right now, odds are, I can't. I can't wait for Selection Sunday. This is gonna be. It's gonna be a great one. We'll be ending. We'll of course. That's gonna do it for this edition of Phone Tour Sports. Glad you were with. I'm glad you listened to this program. Be sure to check us out on. Google Podcasts and Spotify. And we'll be back next time with an all new episode. In the meantime, this is Matthew Ali saying stay healthy, stay safe, stay well, be a good human being. And be be some and be someone you should be you be someone that people could look up to. That's all I can say. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the handles Home Turf Radio. And in the meantime, this is Matthew Ollie saying see you next time until the next episode of Home Tour Sports.